This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Previously on Camp Dino, Bo and Zeta endured Dr. Helga Bronson's course of tears. Zeta was fed up with trying to drag her triplets around, so she tried desperately to trade with Bo. But Bo decided not to go through with it. He and Buck had been through too much together, and it just felt like a betrayal. Instead, Bo agreed to work with Zeta and train their dinos together. After the Camp Dino talent show, Gavin told Kirby that he wasn't friends with Bo and Zeta, which kind of stung. Zeta got mad, and Gavin disappeared, literally. That night, Bo didn't see him in the sleep tree. And now for episode 8. The Watchtower. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Camp Dino.
What's happening? Bo asked as Dot, the camp medic, shook his shoulders. I'm checking to see if there are any broken bones, Dot said, letting go of his shoulders and taking notes on a little clipboard. The woman was small, but her hair, which was an enormous frizzy mess, made up for her lack in stature. She looked like she'd been electrocuted. She walked around her office, which was an old overgrown greenhouse full of medical equipment, and mumbled to herself, twitching and jittery as if she'd been drinking too much caffeine. I told you during the first two visits I'm totally fine, Bo assured her. Sky wanted a full checkup, Dot said, not looking up from her frantically scribbled notes. That means three exams. You fell from the nest onto a dinosaur's back, and that dinosaur was not made of jello. You could have impact injuries, hairline fractures, a concussion. I'm sure I'd know by now if I did. Ouch! Bo jumped as Dr. Dot plucked one of his eyebrow hairs. What was that for? You had a big hair poking up between your eyebrows. I was just taking care of it. Okay. Bo rubbed his sore eyebrow. Dot walked around him and continued her exam, making him do stretches, count backward from fifty, and all sorts of random things. Bo was pretty sure she was just making things up on the spot, like making him go cross-eyed while singing the ABCs. While Dot prepped another one of her weird experiments, Bo looked around the room. It was full of outdated medical equipment that looked like it had been recycled from army surplus in the 50s. Old lamps and machines poked out from the cracked glass greenhouse walls and ceiling. Dot fit right in. She wore old camo scrubs and had a rusty antique stethoscope hung around her neck. It was ice cold when she held it to his chest to check his heartbeat. Bo looked over her shoulder and noticed a shirt covered in blue stains lying in the sink. A piece of it was torn off and stretched under a microscope. Had it been there during his first two appointments? How had he not noticed? Bo would bet his fossil collection had belonged to Kirby. Is that Kirby's? Bo asked, nodding to it. Dot looked back at it and then gave Bo a curious look. Why? Because I saw him stumbling through the jungle with blue stains on his shirt. Then I saw you run up to help him. This last detail really seemed to surprise Dot. Have you been skipping class to follow me around? Not quite, Bo said. Just in the right place at the right time. Well, I can't tell you what this is all about. Ever heard of doctor-patient confidentiality? Yeah, but this isn't the first time I've seen that blue stuff, so how confidential can it be? Why can't you tell us what it is? I mean, it's obviously dangerous, and it's clearly weird enough for you to have it under a microscope. What would happen if I touch it? Bo got up from his chair and started to walk over to the sink. Dot jumped in front of him. Your checkup is complete. Thank you for coming in, Bo. I believe that concludes our exams for now. Really? You didn't want to pluck any of my nose hairs before I go? Now that you mention it, there was one last test I wanted to run. Oh, great. Tuck your hands under your armpits like this. <sighs> Bo sighed and did as she said. Now. Keep your hands in your armpits and slowly raise your elbows up and down. I need to check your joints. Bo raised his elbows up and down. 
That's it? Good. Now let's make sure your jaw isn't dislocated. Say, bark. Bark. Perfect. She felt around Bo's jaw. Now, say that over and over while you move your elbows. Bo flapped his elbows. Bark. Bark, 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 bark. Hey, wait, wait a minute. He realized he was acting like a chicken. Dot laughed. Enjoy the rest of your day, Bo. Bo left Dot's greenhouse hospital shaking his head. He untied Buck from a tree outside and headed over to the gathering hut, where he was supposed to meet Zeta so they could train their dinos. When he got there, Zeta was waiting for him, dressed in her workout clothes with Toot, Scoot, and Shoot wrestling around her backpack. Took you long enough, Zeta said as Bo walked over. Yeah, well, Dot likes to throw in pointless tests with her medical exams. But I'm cleared, so no more checkups. So you're good to go back up to the nest? Bo felt his stomach squirm at the mere mention of it. I guess, he said uncertainly. On second thought, maybe I should have faked some serious illness. Zeta laughed. Don't worry, we're going to work on your fear of heights. It's one of today's drills. Is it now? Bo looked at her surprised. And I brought Buck some of his favorite snack. Zeta pulled a stack of dino-shaped pancakes from her backpack. <gasps> Buck lit up the second she held them out. Zeta tossed them like frisbees and Buck went running. <laughs> Did you tell her about Gavin? Zeta asked as they walked. Of course. I've basically told every counselor in camp that he's missing. No one knows where he is. Zeta threw another pancake for Buck. That's the point. He doesn't want to be found. It's called running away. Yeah, but running away in the middle of the jungle with dinosaurs around is a big deal. It wouldn't be if he had friends helping him. Bo stopped. Zeta, we are his friends. Not according to him. We should be out there looking for him. What if Ash and his cronies trapped him in a pit or something? You're giving them way too much credit. Those meatheads don't have the brains to make an effective trap. Didn't you say that Kirby was already out looking for him? That's what Pa told me. He said it wasn't the first time he's gone missing. Well, there you go, Zeta said, tossing another pancake. <laughs> he's done it before, and he'll probably do it again. He'll show up eventually. And when he does, we'll give him another chance to apologize. Bo shook his head. The thought of going out into the jungle looking for Gavin was terrifying, but it felt like the right thing to do. Ever since last night, he imagined all sorts of horrible things that could have happened to Gavin. What if he touched one of those poisonous frogs or got washed down the chute? Bo thought about it as they made their way past the galley and swung over the chute until they were in the outer edges of camp. The jungle was thick here and full of rough terrain, mossy rock outcroppings with trickling waterfalls, caves and huge tree roots that twisted together to form strange obstacles. Bo even caught sight of another huge web with a goliath bird-eater spider crawling across it. He sincerely hoped Zeta wasn't planning on using it to train the dinos, so he made sure not to point it out. I figured we'd start with something basic, 
Zeta said, setting her backpack down next to a massive fallen tree. Let's work on getting our dinosaurs to go where we want them to go. Great idea, Bo said, struggling to pull Buck away from trying to eat a colorful chameleon off a log. How about this? Bo bent down and picked up Scoot, who was fussing in his arms and trying to get away. Triceratopses love eating plants, and according to Dr. Rex, they really love to eat the chincona plant. So why don't we use it to lure the triplets through the obstacles? The only downside is, it supposedly promotes good digestion, which will probably make Toot extra gassy. Toot looked up at him and tooted on cue. Not a bad idea, Zeta said. But what about Scoot? She's been lazier than usual, and I don't think even food will get her to move around. I've tried. She used the pancakes as pillows this morning. Bo glanced around and stopped on Buck, who was busy corralling the triplets and making sure they didn't leave the protection of his curled tail. We could use Buck. How? Buck is way better than us at controlling the triplets. If I can get him to push them along, we'll be good. Here, tie this to your walking stick. He handed Zeta a fibrous green stalk of the chincona plant, and she tied it to her stick. Now see if any of them will follow you, and I'll try to get Buck to help. Zeta whistled and clicked her tongue. <laughs> Come on, guys. Here we go. She dragged her walking stick across the ground. <laughs> Shoot and Toot immediately bolted after her, nipping and growling at the plant hanging from her stick. Scoot, however, couldn't have cared less. She just sprawled out lazily across the grass and batted at a little jungle flower. Here goes nothing, Bo said to himself. He rubbed his stick on Buck's head, then gently rubbed it against Scoot's head, and then slowly started dragging the stick along the ground. Come on, Buck, bring Scoot with you. <laughs> At first, Buck's instinct was to jump up and follow the stick. After a few steps, he paused and looked back at Scoot. He whined at her. Scoot wasn't bothered. Buck glanced between her and the stick. Then, with the tone of a fed-up mother, he growled and gave Scoot a push with his long red tail. Scoot rolled over and growled back at him. Buck tried again, prodding her along with his tail and giving her gentle nudges with his nose. Zeta watched with interest up ahead. She was trying to get Shoot and Toot to climb through a tangled web of roots. There you go, Buck. That's it, Bo whispered. Buck kept pushing Scoot with his tail, and the sleepy little Triceratops finally started walking along with him. It's working! Zeta shouted. This way, you two, Bo said, dragging his stick toward the roots. Buck kept giving Scoot little tail whacks on the bum every time she tried to sit down. Scoot fussed and complained at first, but eventually, after considerable effort, she followed Buck to the roots. Bo stepped over the roots and waited for them on the other side. Come on through, Buck. You got it. Buck tried crawling through a gap in the roots and turned and growled for Scoot to follow. 
<laughs> Scoot defiantly plopped down and started drawing in the dirt with one of her horns. <laughs> Buck was not having it. With a snarl, he crawled back over and pulled her to the roots with his tail. When he went to nudge her through the opening, Scoot turned her head and made a cute little noise that sounded surprisingly like the word no. That was the last straw for Buck. He bit onto one of Scoot's horns and threw her through the opening before crawling through himself. Bo laughed. That works. Once they were all through, they headed to a big pit of mud. Zeta was able to get Shoot and Toot to follow her across the boulders that were poking up out of the surface. Buck tried to run ahead by himself, but Bo pulled back on his leash. Whoa, hold on, Buck. I want you to follow me across. <laughs> Buck again tried to race ahead, but Bo pulled him back. Buck! If you pull me along, you're going to make me slip and fall into the mud. Understand? You pull, I slip and eat mud. Bo mimed face planting into the pit. Buck tilted his head at him. <laughs> to Bo's surprise, the T-Rex sat still and waited, his tail wagging anxiously, while Bo made an awkward crossing over the stones. When he was on the other side, he turned back to Buck. Don't forget Scoot! <sighs> Buck groaned and hopped back off the first stone. As he tried to usher Scoot to the edge of the pit, Scoot dragged her bottom. <sighs> Another push from Buck's nose and splash! She dropped down into the mud. Scoot! Zeta started running back for her. But before she was halfway across the stones, Buck had fish scoot out by the horns and dropped her off on the first stone. Then, with a growl, Buck nodded to the next stone. <coughs> Zeta watched as her mud-covered triceratops hopped onto the next stone all by herself. Good job, Scoot! You're doing it! Scoot dragged her feet and then hopped over to the next stone and the next. Buck followed close behind, giving her nudges with his nose or impatient growls to keep her moving. Finally, they reached the other end and Zeta greeted her by scooping her up and whirling her around. Scoot made a weird squealing noise. Um, I'm not sure she's enjoying that, Bo said, interrupting the celebration. But I am Wee! Zeta spun some more and Scoot's eyes nearly popped out of her horned head. Once Zeta had gotten that out of her system, they led their dinosaurs from one obstacle to another, reminding Buck to slow down for Bo and Scoot to get up off her behind. To Bo's relief, they steered clear of the giant spiderweb and instead headed over to a tall boulder. Bo looked it up and down. I guess this is a good turnaround point. Not yet, Zeta said, taking a sip from her water bottle. This is the last obstacle. This one's just for me and you. Bo stared between her and the enormous boulder. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> Stop. Oh, wait, you're serious? There's no way I'm going up that thing. Stop it, you'll be fine. Zeta pulled a rope from her bag. <laughs> no, no, Zeta, seriously. I, I, I could break a leg or, or, or fall on my head. Look how tall that thing is. I could get elevation sickness. Oh, what if the monkeys swing in and carry me off? Whoa there, Turbo. No monkeys are taking anybody anywhere. So just cool your jets. I'm going to tie us together and we'll climb it together. Zeta, there's no way I'm going to... Bo was interrupted by Zeta tying a rope around her waist and then looping it around his. It was tight enough to almost squeeze the air out of him. And up we go. Zeta threw the other end of the rope over a branch that overhung the boulder, grabbed it when it fell, and then tied it off on a lower branch. She gave it a tug to make sure it would hold. Just follow where I put my hands and feet, okay? I'll go slow. She grabbed onto the boulder and stepped her foot up into a deep crack. With a pull and a push, she lifted herself up to a higher crack in the rock. Bo whimpered to himself as he stepped up behind her. The rock looked kind of slippery, and the cracks didn't look nearly deep enough to hold on to. Come on, Zeta called down to him. The rope will catch us if we fall. <sighs> Letting out a long breath, Bo shook off his nerves and started climbing onto the boulder, following Zeta's every move. Every crack she grabbed, he grabbed soon after. Every little ledge she stepped on, he stepped on. It wasn't long before Bo's hands and arms were shaking from the effort. It was surprisingly exhausting holding his body up on the boulder. And every time he was going too slow, he felt the upward tug of the rope as Zeta climbed on. Zeta's arms and legs didn't tremble for a second. Her steps, reaches, and grabs were steady and calculated. She had a way of finding a crack or a small ledge in just the right spot. It was like she could see a perfect climbing route that was invisible to Bo. <laughs> Buck whined up at him from below. He kept trying to watch Bo and keep an eye on the wandering triplets at the same time. Halfway up, Bo made the mistake of looking down. Oh no! He froze and clung to the rock, his arms shaking. He had to be at least 30 feet up. I can't do it. Get me down. Get me down. I can't do this. Bo, you got it. Zeta called down to him. Keep your eyes straight ahead or up towards me. You are in control. Take a deep breath. Just like that. Good. Now reach up and grab that crack right there. That's it. Now step on the ledge right below my left foot. Perfect! Zeta coached him the rest of the way up, until Bo finally saw Zeta's hand reaching down to pull him up to the top of the boulder. You did it! Zeta cheered. <sighs> Bo collapsed on top of the rock, completely wiped out. Bo! Zeta sat down next to him. Look at you! You overcame your fear! <laughs> Bo groaned and sprawled out. Zeta stretched her hands and arms. You know, I used to be afraid of heights, too. Bo looked at her. You're kidding. Nope. I used to freak out every time my parents took me on a plane. 
If I looked out the window, I'd go berserk. So my parents started taking me to this ninja warrior gym near our base. They had rock climbing walls, platforms that you could jump off of into foam pits, and all sorts of crazy stuff that terrified me. It was like my worst nightmare under one roof. I thought your parents weren't around a lot. They weren't. They were deployed a lot on missions they could never tell me about. But that was one thing we did as a family when they were around. We got pizza and went to the Ninja Warrior gym together. They were super good at that kind of stuff because of their training, so they were able to coach me through it. Bo sat up. So you overcame your fear by just doing it over and over and having drill sergeants shouting commands at you? Zeta smiled. They weren't too crazy about it, actually. They were pretty patient with me through it all. And trust me, I was a total screw-up at first, just like you. No offense. Offense taken. But I think what really got me through it was just having someone believe in me, right next to me, every step of the way. Just like you believed I could get my triplets through obstacles. Which we did, by the way. Hallelujah. See, it's amazing what we can do when we have someone that believes in us. Bo glanced down at how far he'd climbed and then shook his head and smiled. Yes, it is. He tilted his head. What's that? What's what? Zeta peeked over the ledge. Bo pointed. You see that red paint? It's all over the rock. Huh. Let's get down and take a look. Zeta got behind Bo, and together, with Bo's eyes closed tight, they rappelled back down the boulder. Buck ran up and licked Bo the second they reached the ground. <laughs> I'm okay, Buck. I'm all right, Bo said, giving him a pat on the belly. Zeta untied the rope and stepped back. You're right. It is paint. We didn't notice it before because that tree was hiding some of the boulder. They stepped to the side so that the whole boulder was in view. Bo's jaw dropped. It's a T-Rex, he mumbled. Painted in red across the boulder was a rough outline of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Look, it's that blue stuff. Zeta pointed to a big blue line that was sticking out of the T-Rex painting. Blue liquid dripped from it. Bo squinted at it. It's the blue from Dot's greenhouse. You saw this stuff in Dot's greenhouse? Zeta looked at him, surprised. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, uh, sorry, I meant to, I, but I forgot. Is it the same stuff that Kirby had on him? It's gotta be. Bo walked up to get a closer look. The red painting had a strange resemblance to Buck. Could it be? Up close, he could smell the paint, only it didn't smell like paint. It smelled more like berries and flowers. Either way, the smell was strong, so it must have been fresh. What is that stuff? Zeta asked. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's interesting enough for Dot to look at it under a microscope. A microscope? Yep. Buck was looking into the bushes and growling. <sighs> Bo and Zeta turned and saw the T-Rex glaring at a tribal mask stabbed into a nearby tree. Blue liquid streaked across the mouth. What in the world? Bo whispered as they carefully walked towards it. More masks came into focus as they looked beyond the tree. 
They were wooden with different expressions, streaked with blue liquid, and were pinned to at least a dozen trunks. Buck growled louder. The triplets took shelter in Zeta's open backpack. I don't like this, Zeta said, taking a step back. There was a rustling sound in the bushes. Bo could feel the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. His heart pounded in his chest, even more than it did during the climb. For a split second, out of the corner of his eye, he thought he saw one of the masks move. <laughs> Buck roared. Run! Bo shouted. Zeta scooped up her backpack, and Bo tugged on Buck's leash. They ran as hard as they could into the jungle without looking back. After a few minutes, they finally stopped to catch their breath. Nothing was following them. Look, Boom's watchtower. Zeta pointed to Boom's bamboo hut that was perched high up on four posts. It doesn't look like he's there. No way, nah. -uh. Bo shook his head. Are you nuts? We'll just hide out long enough for whatever that was back there to give up and go away. What, you want to go back in there? Bo looked back at the jungle. No, he said slowly. He turned and looked up at Boom's watchtower. Fine, he sighed, but just for a few minutes. Zeta led the way, and they took turns grabbing the rope by one of the posts, kicking the lever, and shooting up to the hut. Bo tried not to scream as he and Buck zoomed up together, Bo squeezing Buck as if he were his teddy bear. They stepped off onto the wraparound deck and snuck into the hut. The smell of leather and gunpowder was thick in the air the second they walked into the one-room hut. Animal heads from Boom's hunts adorned the walls. Wild boars, jaguars, and even a massive stuffed anaconda poked out in a menacing pose. There was also every weapon imaginable. Shotguns, machine guns, big knives, little knives, blow darts, swords, and traps that looked like shark's teeth. Is that a bazooka? Bo whispered. And coconut bombs? There's no way that's legal. Check out those daggers. Zeta hurried over to the cool daggers on the wall, but Bo pulled her back. We're just hiding out, remember? I was just going to look. I wasn't going to tear them off the wall like Buck is doing to that boarhead. What? Bo spun around and saw Buck standing up on a table, trying to yank the boarhead off the wall. Buck, what are you? He ran over, but before he could reach him, grthunk, the boarhead was yanked off the wall. Buck wrestled it on the floor. Stop it! Bo tried to pull the boar head away, but the T-Rex dug his feet in and wasn't going to let go. Shh! Zeta hushed them and held up a hand. I think I hear voices. The room went silent. Bo listened over the buzzing of insects. Whack! Zzzz! Someone was coming up the watchtower. Hide! Bo whispered. They quickly ducked behind the couch. Buck wouldn't leave the boar head. He bit into it and wrestled it some more. Zeta quickly pulled out a granola bar and waved it in the air. Buck! Buck! Over here! I've got food! Buck dropped the boar and sniffed the air. That's it, Zeta whispered. Come on! 
Whack! Zzzz! Someone else was coming up the watchtower. They could hear voices getting louder. Buck slowly walked over to the couch as the sound of footsteps creaked along the deck outside. Just as the door swung open, Bo reached Buck and pulled him behind the couch. I don't think it's a good idea, Boom, they heard Pa say as he walked into the room. We may not have other options, said Boom, his thundering footsteps following close behind. If each counselor is fully armed, we will be prepared for an attack. We cannot sit around and wait for them to come to us. I won't provoke them any more than we already have, Pa said. It's bad enough they're posting warnings, but now with the blue? Mm -mm, I can't put our students at risk anymore. We are not the ones who broke the agreement. They are. They broke the rules first. We only did what must be done. I know, I know, Pa sounded exasperated. You are not considering closing the camp? What would you suggest I do, Boom? You're the camp security. You saw what they did to Kirby. His ribs may never fully recover from the blue. What if they had been one of the students, huh? What if they reached the sleep trees? They will not. How can you guarantee that? Pa thundered. We assemble the counselors and lead a strike. We are not mercenaries, Boom. Most of us are scientists. We are not going to march into the jungle and wage a war against them. I will see if I can start talks back up, and if those don't succeed... <sighs> Paul sighed. We'll just have to pack up the camp. What if we give them what they want? There was a long silence. Then there'd be nothing left, Pa said quietly. We can start by giving them the T-Rex and see if that pacifies them. Bo and Zeta stared at each other. They have made it clear that they want... No, Pa interrupted. We both know what will happen if they get him. Not on the table. We'll start with the talks and go from there. What's wrong? My boarhead... Boom's huge footsteps walked across the room. Bo felt his insides do a somersault as he heard the giant man scoop up the boar. He kept cramming more of Zeta's granola bars into Buck's mouth to keep him quiet. Zeta was doing the same with her triplets. Looks like you didn't bolt it to the wall well enough, Pa said. Is it damaged? There are teeth marks in it. Are you sure? Pa walked over to have a look. Didn't you catch it with the snare? These are not the marks of my trap. There was another long silence. Boom, Pa said, finally breaking it. As much as I'd love to sit here and examine all the blemishes on your trophies, I do have a bonfire to get to. Now, you said you wanted to show me what they're up to? I do. Boom dropped the boarhead and walked to the door. They are much more active than usual. I first noticed a week ago. Bo could hear them leave the hut and walk around the deck outside. He and Zeta peeked over the couch. They could see Pon Boom through the far window. They were looking through one of the telescopes bolted to the deck handrail. Bo wondered what they were looking at. We gotta get out of here, Zeta whispered. We're running out of granola bars. She held up a fistful of empty wrappers. 
Bo looked around. How? They're standing right by the rope. I don't know. Let's at least get out of the hut. In here we're sitting ducks. If we go out onto the deck, we can at least move around to stay out of sight. Oh, we're so dead. Bo shook his head. Carefully, he pulled Buck over to the door, following close behind Zeta. They tiptoed out the door and onto the deck. Bo suddenly felt Buck's leash tighten. He turned and saw Buck trying to head back for the boarhead. Buck, he whispered. Stop! Buck growled and pulled harder against the leash. Boom and Pa were still looking through the telescope and talking. Buck, come on, please! Bo pulled as hard as he could. Buck lowered his head and charged. The leash flew out of Bo's hands. No! Buck pounced on the boar head and chomped into it. Pa and Boom stopped talking. Did you hear that? Pa said. Boom drew a machete from his belt. Bo stared at the window in horror. Boom and Pa were turning around to come back into the hut. Buck was growling and wrestling with the boar head. This was it. They were toast. Just as Boom and Pa were about to round the corner and see them, a sound echoed from the jungle below. The footsteps stopped. It can't be, Pa whispered. They are here. Boom ran back across the deck and zipped down the rope. Pa followed close behind. The sound echoed again in the trees. Bo and Zeta peeked over the railing and watched as Boom and Pa made their way towards the jungle. What was that? Bo whispered. I don't know, Zeta said, but they're still too close. They'll see us if we take the rope down. Well, we can't just camp up here. <laughs> Bo struggled to pull Buck away from the boar and was only finally able to do so once Zeta let Scoot out of the bag. <laughs> Buck ran over to make sure the Triceratops didn't wander off the deck. Why didn't we think of that before? Bo said, shaking his head. Because letting these things out of the bag is always a last resort. Zeta looked around. Maybe we don't have to camp up here after all. What do you mean? Zeta nodded to the treetop next to them. Bo looked and saw a beautiful pteranodon landing gracefully onto one of the branches. Echo! Bo whispered. Echo gave a quiet screech and then flapped over onto the deck railing. She lowered her long, narrow head. Hmm, you know what? Bo stepped back. Maybe there's like a hidden slide somewhere? Don't be ridiculous, come on! Zeta put Scoot into her backpack with her brothers and then hopped onto Echo's back. Oh. Bo sighed and then reluctantly stepped onto Echo, holding Buck in front of him. They all settled between Echo's rubbery wings and Bo held onto Buck and Zeta while she grabbed hold of the Pteranodon's shoulders. Yes! Zeta said quietly. I was hoping I'd get to do this! It's actually super terrifying, so... Go, Echo! Zeta gave the dinosaur a pat, and with a few hard flaps, Echo flew off the railing and soared over the trees, opposite the clearing where Pa and Boom were searching. Woohoo! This is amazing! Zeta said once they were a safe distance away. 
Bo held on for dear life and closed his eyes. Their hair whipped in the wind as they flew. Gradually, Bo opened his eyes and looked back at the watchtower that was getting smaller and smaller behind them. Beyond it, in the direction Pa and Boom were looking through the telescope, he saw in the distance a wide patch of firelight glowing under the darkening sky. Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Camp Dino. I'm going to give some shout-outs to some special patrons. Our founding families, Zosiah, Andrew and their kids, Carmen and Charlie, and their baby sister, Cami Jane, listening all the way from Japan. Thank you so much, you guys, for your support. And those names, dang, those names are awesome. I like those names. Sarah and I are expecting baby number four here at the end of April, and we're still debating on names. It's going to be a girl, by the way. Super excited. Um, But yeah, we're still working on the names. Those are cool names. I also want to give a shout out to Jack, Joey, and Mariska from Geneva, Switzerland. Thank you so much for your support, you guys, and for listening to the show. I hear you're enjoying Camp Dino. It's awesome. Sam and his mom, Becky, thank you so much. I'm going to read a couple reviews from Apple Podcasts. This is from the Natil family. Great podcast. Me and my kids love this podcast. We listen to it every time we have a car trip. It is appropriate for all ages, and it doesn't even annoy me like some other podcasts. Thank you for months of entertainment. Ah, thank you, Natil family. I'm glad my show isn't annoying you. I'm going to be totally honest. Sometimes when Aurora is listening to the show and I hear my voice, it kind of annoys me sometimes. I love that she's enjoying the show. And of course, I'm playing it for her. These stories are largely for them. But man, I can't stand listening to my voice. This review is from Ray 29 We love it. My kids, six and eight, love this podcast. And so do I. It's so fun to have a podcast that the grownups enjoy too. Ethan is six and can quote almost every line of every Camp Dino episode. And Zoe is eight and her favorite is Winglings. We always make sure to have a whole season of a story downloaded when we go on long car trips and it makes the time fly by. Thanks, Sally Ray, for that awesome review and for the feedback. And that's a good tip for long car trips. Get ready with a season downloaded so you can go through it. You could actually download all the original MP3 files and the read-along PDFs uh, when you become a patron. So check it out, patreon.com slash purplerocketpodcast, and you can support the show that way. Rocketeers, thank you, thank you so much. I love these the drawings I'm getting, the emails, and hearing your experiences listening to this is seriously the best. I know I say it over and over, but it's so, so cool. 
And it's fun to be a part of this. It's, uh, you know, you look at downloads and you look at downloads, you just see some numbers and you can't connect with numbers and it doesn't really mean anything. I, I still feel like sometimes I'm just like a weirdo in a little booth reading these stories. So hearing actual experiences from you all is... Uh, makes it all real. It makes it feel like uh, there actually are people listening, which still is, is shocking to me. So, But it's awesome. Thank you so much, Rocketeers. Thank you, Mom, Roxanne, for looking over this story for me. And check back next time, Rocketeers, for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.